Even the mainstream media is talking about the deep state these days. But does the Michael Flynn affair go even deeper? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday afternoon when I can. Normal time is 3 to 6. Today I'm on from 3 to 5.30 to make room for UGA basketball. But we are going to have a jam-packed show. I obviously have a lot to talk about since the deep state and fake news have been my bread and butter for years. I have been trying to tell people about that for years. And now all of a sudden it's all over the mainstream media. And I still don't think you're getting the straight scoop. So I want to cover that from top to bottom. And what I really think the Mike Flynn affair is all about but at 5 o'clock, I have a very special guest. I virtually never have guests, but I do make an exception for local libertarian issues that you cannot get information on anywhere else. And uh, I have on Catherine Bernard, who is my favorite liberty-loving Republican, as she describes herself. She's uh, She really holds the Georgia legislature's feet to the fire on bills that uh, she wants to keep consistent with our fundamental laws, our basic liberties. So she's she wants to tell us what's kicking around in the Georgia legislature this season, what bills to support, what to fight against, and how to do that. So 5 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern time here on WSB, I'm going to have Catherine Bernard on today. But I want to dig in uh, to the news of the week, which is this Mike Flynn affair. Uh, Binkley, you've been obviously following this with me. My producer Binkley's in the office in the studio. Um, so we I'm super excited about this because <laughs> we've talked about this so much and people uh, try to talk me off the ledge of conspiracy theory. Then all of a sudden it gets into the mainstream media and it's like, oh, well, there's a deep state and this is what they're up to. And I'm like, you know, this, oh, you're going to tell me what it's up to now? I'm going to tell you what it's up to because right. we've been all over it. And you pointed out that when I had Ron Paul on the show in the fall, we talked about the deep state. He actually brought it up yeah. and, uh, and, and people were shocked by that. He was really ahead of it. Can you tell people how to hear that? Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com, and it should be the second or third post down. And also, it's it's around episode seven. It should be right next to episode seven in the um, the podcast queue. All right. So we have we have this show, Monica Perez Show. We also do an iTunes show called the Propaganda Report, and we load it all up to our website, PropagandaReportDaily.com. And there's a podcast tab and also posts. So you can find it there. It's a great show. It, he was on WSB with me. But but this, Binkley, you might have to slow me down because I'm so excited. I can tell. <laughs> there's so many, so much to get out there in a limited amount of time. And I also really want to talk to listeners about what their impression of all this is. If they're confused, if they think they have a handle on it, do they feel vindicated? So feel free to call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at Monica Perez Show. But what the people are talking about the deep state, Pat Buchanan wrote an article, so the deep state targets Trump. And that tells me that the deep state is the... You know, the, the implication, what people are actually saying is that somehow the deep state is a holdover from the Obama administration. 
But but that's the opposite of what the deep state is. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the administrations are the puppets of the deep state. If there's a deep state and you're a new administration and you don't get a, go along with it, you get JFK'd. Right. That's the whole essence of the deep state. And anybody who thinks that that uh, the JFK assassination was not a lone nut but a coup, that that's the turning point for when – you know, according to the conspiracy theory around the deep state, that's the turning point when the deep state took over. And over the years, the guys who got in the way, even insiders like Nixon, people will say Watergate was a deep state coup. Gerald Ford, who invented the magic bullet theory of, of JFK's assassination, obviously deep insider. They tried to kill or he there were assassination attempts against him with Nelson Rockefeller as his VP. Yeah. And then when Reagan got in there, immediately there was an assassination attempt and uh, Bush, a former head of the CIA, was his VP. So that's what the deep state looks like. Deep state does not take pot shots at a Democrat, by the way. Mike Flynn was a Democrat. So Really? I didn't know that. Yes, he was a Democrat. I mean, the whole Mike Flynn is so fishy to me. He did the weird um, tweets about Hillary being associated with pedophiles. Then his son did something about Pizzagate. I mean, this is really... Out of character for a general, you know, it's it's hard work to become a general, and a sense of decorum is so important that his his story has always seemed a little weird. Uh, he was also the guy who ran the Defense Intelligence Agency when there was a leaked document that he did not disavow. He validated that it was real. That said, we want a Salafist principality a.k.a. an Islamic state, to rise up between Syria and Iraq to give us an excuse to unseat Assad. So that is in a document that he that he put out. Um, so there's a lot, you know, that's a strange thing to say and to admit to. And then shortly thereafter, there was um, a Seymour Hirsch expose that these guys deliberately undermined Obama's efforts to strengthen the moderate rebels by giving intelligence to Germany and Israel and Russia that they hoped would get to Assad. They deliberately downgraded the moderate rebels' weapons in the hopes that Assad would be strengthened and could fight the fight against ISIS. There were a lot of mixed-up stories around Flynn that made me think he was not a good choice for National Security Advisor. And now I'm starting to think that he really, uh, that maybe this deep state thing is even deeper than we think, and the whole Mike Flynn affair was designed to get somebody else in to the National Security Advisor slot. And I know that you, who are not always down the rabbit hole with me, were there with with that 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 thought occurred to you also. Oh yeah, absolutely. It seemed like it was a setup to um, to fail to me. Yes, I mean, and people think, oh, you've got your tinfoil hat on. I think the tinfoil hats are. You know, I think they work. Actually, they, you know. <laughs> they might work. They're real. They're being passed around now in the uh, you know at CNN and Fox. Right. So I can say whatever I want. Um, I'm interested in the truth. I really want to know the truth. But here's the kicker. So this was one of the theories that you and I were batting around. And then today, I see in the news. I saw an actually WSB report uh, online that said on Trump's shortlist now is John Bolton. To be national security advisor. Oh, great. Yes. So I don't know if people know what his story is, but he, first of all, he was up for being a deputy or the deputy secretary of state. And it came out that the, even the GOP would not touch this guy. If he needed Senate approval, he wasn't going to get it. And he, 
he was the guy who also in a Seymour Hirsch article, I think that guy is uh, probably also deeply connected with the deep state. He wrote the original what's called stovepiping article from uh, I think it was like 2003 saying that Bolton was the guy stovepiping is when you just take a little selection of intel of intelligence and and shoot it up to the top so that your president comes to the same conclusion as you do it's kind of like you curate the raw data in a way that helps you so so that now all the media is a buzz about this stovepiping concept but John Bolton was the original stovepiper so when people said bush lied people died Hirsch pointed the finger at Bolton, as did others, saying he was the guy who's curating the news to reach conclusions, curating the intel to get the president, you know, to manipulate the president, Bolton. And he's the guy who's now in line to be national security advisor, a guy who nobody would want to touch unless it's an embattled position. So Trump was looking at Flynn got ousted. Hayward got um uh, declined the job. This happened yesterday. Then the other guys on the shortlist were Petraeus and Alexander, two generals who were tainted by scandal. So finally, you're fatigued. Who are you going to take? The guy who'll take the job, a guy who said, McCain said, we need a civilian in this position anyway. This guy's perfect. Problem is, he's a big Council of Foreign Relations guy. He told Judge Napolitano the oath that he took to the Constitution doesn't really apply in the realm of international anarchy, which is code word for wanting a world government. And then he uh, also... Uh, is a is a, a warmonger, and to the extent he brought us Iraq, I'm afraid he'll bring us Iran. So I tweeted out earlier my some uh, hot button opinions on John Bolton. I wonder, do we have any tweets that um, respond to that? Yeah, we do. We have one from Alpha Six Insider. He says that Bolton is an elite shill, and he doesn't trust him as far as he can throw him. Yeah, I think that's right. If you dig into Bolton, I don't think you're going to find a guy who's, who wants to preserve your rights and keep you out of harm's way. I think he's very aggressive foreign policy. Anything else? And we'll go to break and get to some calls. Yeah, Trout says maybe it's global warming that has thawed the icy prison. I read the wrong one there. It's not a, <laughs> uh, a, a I Bolton saw that tweet. one. Yeah, I grabbed the wrong one there. Earlier. Um, yeah, Ridgeway says that Bolton looks like Detective Gordon on Batman. One article I read said maybe Bolton's mustache is why he could exactly. not get confirmed <laughs> yeah. by the Senate. He does have a uh, a bit of a, a jaunty look, but I think that belies a, a serious <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> anyway, let's get to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 56 degrees outside the studio, a five on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So I gave you a lot of stuff in that last segment. I want to unpack it through the show. I got uh, talking about Mike Flynn and the national security advisor who resigned this week. He everybody's saying he was ousted by the deep state. And I object to how the deep state is even being portrayed as some a weapon of the Democrats. And I, I got a call, uh, the call I didn't want to go on the air, but wants to know exactly what is the deep state? What do I mean by the deep state? What is it? The deep state is regarded as 
where the true power in a country is run by the national security apparatus. So that can be take the form as the military or the intelligence at the top, but it's really the national security apparatus, and it rises above the government. Now, I have the most damning evidence of the deep state that I can imagine. It's a quote that was given during a speech to the Council on Foreign Relations by James Jones, who was the national security advisor under Obama. And this is what he said. And this, what he is saying, is the exact description and admission to the deep state. I cannot believe that I got this off the CFR website. John Bolton, by the way, is a member of the CFR. Thank you for that wonderful tribute to Henry Kissinger yesterday. Congratulations. As the most recent National Security Advisor of the United States, I take my daily orders from Dr. Kissinger, filtered down through General Brent Scowcroft and Sandy Berger, who is also here. We have a chain of command in the National Security Council that exists today. Okay? So this guy was saying that as soon as he took, took the national security spot under Obama, Kissinger, so this guy was a Democrat. Kissinger was the national security advisor under Ford and Nixon, Republicans. Scowcroft was the national security advisor under Bush, a Republican. And Sandy Berger was the national security advisor under Bill Clinton, a Democrat. And what he's saying, and none of those people had, from what I could find, elected or appointed positions in the government when James Jones was saying that he has a chain of command he reports to, and it's those people. So this completely rises above all partisanship administrations it's it is the true deep state the true shadow government i'm going to continue to unpack these ideas get to your calls and your tweets after the break 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturday afternoons, 3 to 6 usually. Today, I am on till 5.30, and next week, I will also be on Saturday, 3 to 5.30. Today, in the 5 o'clock hour, I'm having on Catherine Bernard, who is going to tell us about local libertarian issues in the form of legislation that's kicking around the Georgia state legislature this season that we should be aware of either to support or to stop. So she's going to give us some details on that. Now is the time to start paying attention to that. And she is the gal. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that. But what we are talking about right now, it's a very deep subject. It's the deep state. Michael Flynn, the national security advisor under Trump was ousted this week and, uh, Pundits from the left and right were crying afoul that he was ousted by the deep state. But that is not really how it works from what I my understanding of the deep state. It's actually uh, deeper even than that. But let's got Binkley here. Uh, Why don't you it's a very dense subject and uh, some people are really familiar with it. Anybody who digs deeply in their research on the internet. Some people, if you're listening, if most of your news comes from cable TV, you're not going to, this is going to be the first you've heard of it. So tweet me at Monica Perez show, call me 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK to help me explain it. So if you've got questions about it, you don't understand it, help me explain it. And, uh, or if you want to chime in, if you think I'm wrong, 
Uh, that's great, too. I'd love to clarify, exchange ideas. Let's do that. But let's start with some tweets at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, what you got? Dean says there's no vindication because most newcomers to the term deep state still don't get it. Okay, I had started the show. I was very excited about this topic because right <laughs> before I had heard this this um that John Bolton might be the new national security advisor and nothing gets more deep state than he does. So that people are crying afoul of the deep state and then are going to settle for John Bolton just like practically blew my mind. So I kind of came out with all guns of blazing. But let me explain. I said I was vindicated in identifying that there is a deep state in this country. And I just before the break read a quote from James Jones, who was Obama's national security advisor, saying that he takes his orders from the previous this chain of command from previous national security advisors, whether they were Republicans or Democrats. And I went on to point out that James Jones was addressing the Council on Foreign Relations John Bolton is a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. The Council of Foreign Relations is an international body of people uh, who totally transcend partisanship. They're not left or right, Democrats or Republicans. If you're talking about a they, you know, a new world order, world government, they, who kind of feeds the think tanks, puts people in positions of power, it's the Council on Foreign Relations. Are they like the people who are sitting in a room, in a shadowy room, smoking cigars while they, you know, talk about like world domination? Like the smoking man? Yeah, from the smoking man from X-Files? Yeah. Uh, apparently there is an inner sanctum of people who do do that. I read a book. It couldn't, it was so tinfoil hat. It had no footnotes or chapter breaks. And I thought it was a crazy book by John Coleman called the committee of 300, but I read it years ago. He wrote it years before that. And things that he said and predicted were going to happen have begun happening from just from cultural kind of like uh, borderline pornography being part of pop culture to the drugs starting to be legalized, which I thought would never happen. This guy called a few things like that. And his premise of that book, he he claims to have been a British intelligence agent. A lot of times these guys were and do feed you some good information, but in the end, you know, they're really trying to shape your perception. So I'm always cautious of that. But what he wrote in this book, Committee of 300, is that there is the Council of Foreign Relations and other similar organizations like the Chatham House, the Royal Institute of International Affairs in England, and but that there's an inner sanctum. And it's never on the agenda what they're talking about. But you can – I remember Dick Morris kind of outed it on Sean Hannity once. I was like, really? He said, yeah, it's always the off-topic stuff. You can see what's – kind. Of, you know, like he's allowed to say that. And everyone's like, oh, wow. You know, but I'll, I'll read 15 <laughs> books on the subject and I'll be like, that's how it works. Be like, yeah, get a new hobby, honey. I'm like, no, no. So, so it's funny because the deep state stuff is all over the news right now. And uh, and what Dean is saying is that even now the concept of it is being hijacked to play into this left right paradigm thing. So <clears throat> it's being used to say and Pat Buchanan, you know, I always wonder if he's uh, doesn't go deep enough or if he knows exactly what he's doing to manipulate the narrative. I just don't know. I, my listener, who I love, Corey, calls it and wrote an article for us on PropagandaReportDaily.com about the side stream media, that there's the mainstream media and then you peel the onion one layer and you get people like Pat Buchanan who sound really deep, but maybe they're really not, you know, maybe they too are just trying to um, get us to stop before the real truth. But his article, The Deep State Targets Trump, 
concluded vociferously, vehemently recommended that this means there should be a house cleaning. There should be a purge of anybody who was in the intelligence community who might have targeted Mike Flynn, who was an Obama loyalist. And that's what he's talking about, the deep state. But that's not the deep state. The, The administrations work for the deep state. The deep states do not there's only one deep state either exists or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, it, it would have to be overthrown to be um, no longer operative. It will kill people. Right. You know? Who's part of it? Who Who is part of the deep state? Yeah. Well, the big, the big players, I mean, this James Jones, Obama's national security advisor listed Henry Kissinger, Brent Scowcroft, Sandy Berger. We know Zbigniew Brzezinski is a big part of that. These organizations, they belong to the CFR, the trilateral commission, Established by the Rockefellers. I mean, this stuff gets, I mean, it's downright hackneyed, as they say. It's like out there so much. People are sick of hearing it. They think it, it has no credibility. But I think it is. It is credible. But to say, so here's here's the, here's the what I'm going to peel the onion one more layer and say, when I hear everyone from Bill Crystal to Pat Buchanan to people on the left talking about this deep state, like it or not, this is what it is. It's, it's, it's. Uh, people who took out Mike Flynn for the good of the country or whatever they're saying. It, for me, really, the cries that you're hearing, then you hear the people cry out, purge, purge. So so what's happening? They're saying, we need to purge. We need to tighten up. We need to end these leaks. We need to bar the irresponsible media. Now, if you completely believe Trump is what you see is what you get, or even that he is, but once he got there, you know, even that even in position, he can still have his own mind and have power and is not subject to or afraid of the deep state. If you think that he's a totally independent actor and he has total power, then uh, and he's a good guy, then he's immune to the machination then he will not be a puppet of the deep state. I think it's hard to argue that anyone can escape the threat of the deep state. So so I had predicted that Hillary was going to be the censorship president. I called Obama the surveillance president. And the other part of total information control and the motto under Bush of the Total Information Awareness Project was knowledge is power. So they want all the knowledge. That's what the surveillance is for. But they need to control the knowledge you have, which is what the censorship and the propaganda is for. And to me, that's phase two of the total information control, um, you know, operation that that whoever president number 45 was going to be had to be the censorship president. And this operation, I think, serves two purposes. One is that it will make people cry out for getting rid of anybody who might not keep their mouths shut. And the problem with that is Obama started it. it was an egregious program called Insider Threat Program. It was really bad. It, it was uh, uh, he, he and John Brennan, I think, were doing it, getting into every single department in government, I mean, from agriculture to like oceanography or whatever it is, and saying if, you're, if your office mate is cranky or going through a divorce or has too much money or too little money or whatever, you need to report them or you yourself have violated the rules. I mean, real watch people across the room thing. And and they're saying it's because they want to prevent insider threats. But the problem is it keeps whistleblowers from talking about real constitutional violations, talking about the unfettered power of the deep state. So you've got these guys 
who, if they have complete control of all the information, they uh, it's like absolute power because knowledge is power. So when they're talking for purges, when they're talking about leaks, when they're talking about blocking the press, it really plays into the hands of this total information control uh, concept. So that, I think, is one possible, you know, if this is a truly deep operation, that would be one possible purpose. And the other purpose is to bring in somebody like John Bolton, who could never, you know, he could not be the secretary and undersecretary of state because he could not be approved. This is a not approved position by Senate, does not need confirmation. This guy's controversial. He's warmonger. He's deep state all the way. And if he gets put in, it'll be a hilarious, you know, ironic coup that he they use the deep state to install the deep state. Yeah. So I think that's kind of funny. But I can give you one more layer. You want to hear one more layer? Let's hear it. Let's go, let's go deeper. For your brain. Okay. It was also reported this week that Steve Feinberg of Cerberus Capital is going to assess intel, assess the intel. So Trump is going to put this, what they describe as New York billionaire Steve Feinberg, is going to um, give his recommendation on intel. But just scratching the surface a little bit, you find that his company that he founded, Cerberus, owns DynCorp which gets 96% of its revenue from the U.S. government and is a like an information technology, um, is kind of security state apparatus uh, contractor, and it's actually not doing so well. And these are private investment guys who really need government revenue. The only way for them to do well in their investments are to increase government revenues, and their revenues are 100% government. So this guy's going to come in and make recommendations about the intelligence community and how it should be addressed. And he has a serious conflict of interests. So you've got all these pieces moving around. Uh, and But at the same time, what's just blaring from every glowing box is, oh, beware the deep state. Let me tell you what it is and what needs to be done. But what needs to be done, what they're saying needs to be done, to me, is more likely to shore up the deep state than to um, straighten it out. So for all that, let's see if <laughs> we, hit, I, instead of unpacking, I think I, I put more stuff in the box to unpack next. So let's do that. Take some calls, tweets, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 61 is the high today, 47 the forecast low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're talking about Mike Flynn's ouster at the hands of the deep state, as we are told by the mainstream media, the side stream media, the left, the right. Everybody's focusing on the deep state. And one of the uh, I have my own opinions, as you've been listening and we can continue to talk about. But one of the things that it also touches on is this idea of surveillance. So the the deep state, if you want to call it that, whatever, the intelligence community, uh, was listening to this guy's phone calls, Mike Flynn, and reported them to the press. I I have been aware of the surveillance, uh, totally unconstitutional surveillance of this country for a long time, and as have we all. And there are, it seems to me, they really collect all the information or they're on a road to doing that. They're building 
uh, databases, they're building fusion centers, they're building repositories that can hold the 100 years of human communications in one place, and they're building more than one of them. So it seems clear to me, as Zbigniew Brzezinski, a big deep state actor and Carter's national security advisor, he said in, in the 70s that they were working towards having everything you say and think distilled down into your own file that can be pulled up with the with a keystroke and i and i you know we see that the reason that post watergate there was the 1974 privacy act was so that kind of technology that kind of power could not be used for political purposes and it is used for political purposes as we can see but it's also I think the real goal is to use it against us so that we can't exercise our Fourth Amendment rights, our First Amendment rights to restrain government, that we are put in this position where they can use anything against us, something completely unrelated to our political views. You see people going to jail for uh, kitty porn on the Internet who were suspected of crimes against the state. There's a there's an example of that. Uh, Sachtleben, I think the guy's name was, where it's just it was described as a bizarre coincidence in the mainstream media. And I'm like, there are no bizarre coincidences. But that kind of thing is worrisome. And, uh, uh, you know, do you think this is an indication of something that we need to be worried about? I, I hear this really nasty uh, exchange between the nasties and the deplorables. You hear them riling each other up. You see terrible things written on social media. That stuff is put is getting put in a file with your name on it. Is that a trap? Are you worried about that? Let's talk a little bit about how the deep state can affect us. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturday afternoons, usually 3 to 6. Tonight I'm on from 3 to 5.30. And next weekend I'm also on Saturday from 3 to 5.30. Making room for UGA basketball, but we are really jamming a lot in. There has been so much going on this week. I'm talking about Mike Flynn's ouster as national security advisor, John Bolton as a possible replacement, and all this talk about the deep state. Uh, also, before I forget, Catherine, uh, Catherine Bernard is going to be on 5 o'clock. Uh, she's going to tell us about Georgia, uh, the Georgia legislature this season and what bills we have to look out for what we should support just uh, she's plugging us into what's happening right now in georgia and super important people love that when she's on to tell us that because she's a hardcore liberty loving republican always has her eye on the principles of our rights and that's actually my entire point so i think sometimes people are going to think i'm uh you know don't be hard on a republican at least it's not a democrat i mean i get that argument like at least it's not hillary i get that but It's our turn to show, I mean, I'm not a Republican, I'm a libertarian, I'm actually an anarcho-capitalist, but when I say our, I mean, I look at two sides of the spectrum as individualists who care about individual rights and collectivists who think that the ultimate, you know, the most important unit 
of society is society itself. So when I say us, I mean us who say or think that we believe in individual rights and protections from government. It is our turn to hold our uh, representatives, whether you voted for them or not, to that standard of are they following the Bill of Rights? Are they following our foundational law? Uh, Do we have the facts? Are we capable of exercising our First Amendment rights? In order to do that, you need facts. Like they're talking about, oh, we need to crack down on leaks. I think almost everything of the government should be transparent. Most of the stuff that we do that takes intel and all this national security stuff is about machinations, about manipulating geopolitics for what they call, quote, American interests abroad. Now, it's my position of principle that our uh, we don't those kind of American interests abroad aren't really what what this country is about. We're about protecting individual rights. We're about to the extent you believe in sovereignty. We have oceans. We and protect your borders. That's totally fine. But don't go to other countries and say, you know, we need to make this place safe for Exxon. <laughs> you know, you just can't. That's not what it's about. And we have to keep our eye on those principles. And if if I'm too skeptical or I scrutinize too much our own, uh, you know, the people who say they're on our side, who say that they believe in individual rights, I don't think there's a lot of harm done. But if we're not vigilant then it can get away from us. So I think we need to, when they're talking about the deep state, when they're screaming this stuff in our faces, this is what this means, we have to just slow down, which is hard for me to do, and say, uh, what does that really mean? What What is a deep state? A deep state is when the people in power are not elected, there's no transparency, you cannot, they, you can't remove them. And if that is that, if that's really what these people are saying exists, it's not a matter of Obama loyalists. That's just same old, same old. It's a matter of giving these guys the keys to the kingdom by shutting down all information flow is going to be a much worse outcome. So we need to proceed with caution in how we assess what's happening and what and really what actions to take. Uh, I know that's a lot. I actually covered a lot of this in the last hour. So if you want to hear the podcast, I will post it as soon as WSB puts it up, probably on Monday or Tuesday. Binkley, Binkley, my producer, is here. He helps me with that. Where should people go when they want this podcast or past podcasts? Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com, and on the right, you will see an Apple. Click on that and find us on iTunes or subscribe to us on iTunes. It'll come up. Or um, click on the Google Play link, which should also be on the website. Okay. So we, what we And what we do on those feeds is we have this show, Monica Perez Show, and we also do uh, a show where we – don't take calls. We just get wet, even deeper, if you can believe that, <laughs> even deeper into the subjects, and we take our time. Uh, so if you there's so there's you get a lot of uh, a couple of different shows when you go to that. But that uh, that is one way to catch up on all this. But I will try to continue to break it down, and I want you to help. I want you to give me a call four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Uh, just help me clarify this and tell me how uh, – or I want to talk to you. I'm going to get to Anthony in a second um, and other calls. And I, But I do want to talk a little bit more about how this kind of surveillance, censorship, uh, if it is a deep state, how what that means to us as being sovereign citizens. How does this affect our ability? Are you worried about that? I mean, really, like are you – does this make you more concerned – 
about your privacy and your ability. This is what's really important to me, your ability to function politically, because that is our responsibility in this country, whether you like it or not. We simply must be take responsibility for the fact that these are our agents that we authorize through our votes or our silence. And <laughs> silence is consent, I guess is the old adage. So it's important, and I want to understand uh, what your thoughts are that uh, on that. Binkley, do you have any uh, tweets for us? Yeah. There's somebody who tweeted about something you said earlier, Johnny Cook. He says that Arlen Specter came up with the single bullet theory and not Ford. Yes, yes. Let me explain. I absolutely adore it when people correct the record in real time. Thank you, Johnny. I had said that Gerald Ford came up with the magic bullet theory. That is not correct. He did support it by suggesting some forensic evidence be moved around in the JFK report. It was, if I recall, I, I think that's right, that that sounds right, that it was Arlen Specter. And what I was talking about earlier is the real deep state is not somebody who's loyal to the last administration. The deep state is the administ- new administration gets loyal to the deep state fast or they go. JFK, uh, his assassination could be an example of that. Watergate could be an example of that. Gerald Ford, obviously a deep insider. There were assassination attempts against him, could be an example of that. Reagan seemed to get his mind right with the ball after there's an assassination attempt against him. And uh, and I, I feel like that 18-year period from JFK's assassination to Reagan's attempted assassination was really the coming of age of the deep state in America. But uh, but it is not something that Obama created. It's not something that he's going to run. He's just a puppet, in my opinion, of that. But, you know, that's just my opinion because you can't, you know, the nature of the beast is it's hard to get real verifiable facts. There is a lot. There are whistleblowers. There are books written. And that's what I'm worried about when they crack down on insider leaks and stuff. What they're really trying to do, seems to me, and Obama started this with this insider threat program, what they're really trying to do is keep anyone from coming out against unconstitutional surveillance, warrantless wiretaps, lack of due process, stuff like that. Those were the big issues under the Bush administration, and I feel like what's happening now, if there is a deep state, they're following through on trying to button up all the soft spots in the deep state by making sure nobody's talking about things that are going on behind the scenes. I mean, I, I know that's hard to hear, but let me let me take some calls. Anthony, I'm going to go to you. Anthony and Snellville. Hi, how are you doing? You're on the air. Uh, well, ma'am, and yourself? I'm good. I think it okay. is well. I'm well. Thank okay, you. first, I'm a Republican, but I do enjoy your show. I enjoy <laughs> it very much. That's a natural. Thank you. And I just have a, a two, uh, one quick question. Uh, um, the new Attorney General, Mr. Sessions, does he have a free hand to launch an investigation if he wanted to, like, in, in lieu of these leaks, or does he have to get uh, permission from President Trump? Yeah. And the second part of that question, okay. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to hang up. Okay. Is if uh, Mr. Sessions does launch an investigation, do you believe the deep state would actually allow him to get to the people who actually leaked this classified information? And I'm going to hang up and listen to your response. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, here. OK, so I actually do not know offhand the answer to whether Jeff Sessions could act independently. I think the answer has to be yes, because uh, the. This is an often misunderstood expression, the rule of law. The rule of law doesn't mean we have a bunch of laws and we have law and order. The rule of law means that the rulers are subject to the law. 
So if the number one law enforcement agent in the country has to report to the president, that means the president is de facto above the law. And and there there that just can't be right. So I don't know about that, particularly if it's the attorney general, but I would think it would be. And would the deep state so-called be able to uh, would he be able to infiltrate that and dismantle it? I I honestly believe I was reading a memo, a WikiLeaks cable, which I have skepticism about some of those. But this one was from 2006, where a guy named William Roebuck, I think it was, was talking about the Assad regime in 2006 and talking about one of the options that Assad might have to crack down on people was to would be to um, uh, implement some strategic suicides. <laughs> you know, this is this is the way these people talk and think is that you're either on board or you're you're out in a, in a terrible way, and so I I do I think that once you get to that high profile level, they show you a, a film of the Zapruder film, the JFK assassination film, and they and you kind of get the message. I don't know. I mean, that really is going deep, very sinister. Uh, but I'm willing to talk a little bit more about that. I've got some more calls four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. We get to Reggie next and to your tweets at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News ninety five five and AM seven fifty WSB. Patchy morning fog, then mostly sunny tomorrow. High of seventy one. The weather on the weekend is brought to you by Shoemake Heating and Air, and the prize pack on the weekend is brought to you by McDonald's. Today, it's a pair of tickets to opening night of the Phantom of the Opera, presented by Fifth Third Bank Broadway in Atlanta, February 22nd through March 5th at the Fox Theater, and a four-pack of tickets to an Atlanta Gladiators home game at the Infinite Energy Arena. So the first to call, 404-741-0750, will get that prize pack. I love to give away the prize pack. I also like to talk about the deep state. So I'm going to Reggie. Reggie and Decatur, you are on with Monica. Yeah. Happy Saturday to you, Monica. Yo, what's up? And hey, how you doing, Monica? Long time no hear, see or hear from. I know. What's going on, Reggie? Talk to me. Well, I would just like to know or to say, why is it that only our mainstream, mainstream media is still, still obsessed about or fixated over talking about what President Trump is or isn't doing? Much, And that goes for other uh, radio and TV talk shows themselves, too, as well. Instead of, or rather than... Or instead of talking about what's really, truly important about the world, like national security and world affairs and all that stuff, all the things that you're talking about, well, you and possibly Fox News Channel, but that's not saying very much about them either. I, I, you know, Reggie, you have always been, I, I, we don't know each other personally, but you've called into my show for years and are all have always been way ahead of the, what you call the lamestream <laughs> mainstream, mainstream media. Yeah. And, and and I agree with you that it's that this frenzy, the media frenzy, when I actually the fact that there is a media frenzy in my, you know, may, discredits the story that you're being presented like straight out, out out of that. Like the fact that Edward Snowden got so much round the clock press, but somebody who was way ahead of him, Bill right. Binney, didn't. You know, if you want to look up Bill Binney, he's like the whistleblower extraordinaire. You probably never even heard of him. That makes me smell a rat with Snowden. Same thing with this stuff. It, we are not. We're never told the yeah. deep, full story. Right. And uh, do, do you believe in? Do you believe? Do you agree with President Trump when he says that that the media is mostly fake news and is dishonest, or do you disagree with him on that statement? I'm so glad you asked that question because 
I I have always said, and I and it's absolutely true. Their main priority. Let's just talk about cable news. Is their agenda, their spin. They are deep state. But I will tell you this. As a person, an open source investigator, somebody who has to use public information in order to analyze the news, we absolutely need access to facts. And they seem to be the ones who have it. And our trick is to separate the facts from the spin. So they they are important. We can talk more about that after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturday afternoons, usually 3 to 6. Today I'm on until 5.30. Next week I'm on from 3 to 5.30 on Saturday. At 5 o'clock I have Catherine Bernard telling us about local issues at the Georgia legislature from a liberty-loving perspective. She is a Republican. She runs for office as a Republican, but she is liberty-loving. I can attest to that. So that's going to be worth listening to at 5 o'clock. But we are talking now about the events of this week and I had about Mike Flynn, about um, the fact, for me, as soon as Trump tweeted, long before it was the absolute media frenzy, he immediately tweeted after Mike Flynn's resignation, the real story here is the leaks. And my alarm bells went off because plugging leaks is what Obama was trying to do. Uh, really to stop whistleblowers. And I just had a call before the break from Reggie saying, what do I think about the media? What Are they really fake news? What's the story about the mainstream media? And what's crazy is that, and why aren't we paying attention to more important things? I agree with that completely. And I noticed this several times recently. I've mentioned it before. This week, the example was Fox News played a clip of Jake Tapper, who's a CNN anchor. I mean, when the news is about itself, I remember I read a uh, news, a film, a film review of a movie I didn't even see, Barton Fink. And it said, <laughs> I'll never forget this line. So the problem with the movie was, in the end, it was essentially about itself. And for <laughs> me, you know, I hate, I hate that. I can't deal with that. So when the media starts to be about itself, that, that just signals a complete breakdown of the purpose of the media. But what I said to Reggie is... They, 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 the purpose they serve is to, they simply must deliver facts. They will lose their credibility if they don't. But their role as speaking truth to power has diminished steadily over the decades. And Obama's reign really made a big, you know, the USA Patriot Act was a big for taking away our rights. But Obama, when he came in, he started screening reporters and questions and stuff in a way we hadn't seen before, targeting individuals, targeting Fox. I believe he probably got Glenn Beck fired. Uh, it just it changed this independence of the press. And I think that that is not going to rebound. And our job is to suss out their real facts from their spin. But they aren't even defending their position as being uh, deliverers of facts. Like if you read their their attacks on being called fake news or their attacks on the mainstream on the side stream media or the alternative media they 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 don't never take the position we have evidence we prove it we are proven right we show you we have the sources they never i don't see them saying that at all <laughs> all i hear them saying is we have dignity we are not clowns we can be trusted and that is the beginning of the end in my mind of 
any function the mainstream media would serve. I, I believe that at that point, it's they really just become a an arm of the government and a, a parrots for the official narrative. And I, I, I'm afraid that that is where this is headed. I don't know. The proof will be in the pudding. But in order for us to exercise our our responsibility as sovereign citizens, we need to be able to uh, use the Bill of Rights. We need those rights in place, and we need the information to know what's really going on, and we need the ability to communicate with each other. And all those things are being targeted from access to information by plugging up leaks, leaks, if they're if it's truly of a classified nature, otherwise it's our information. You know, it's our information, and uh, unless it's really a question of getting invaded by another country, we should have access to information. We should be able to verify that information. We should be able to count on the press for that, and we should be able to communicate uh, and not have our our uh, electronic communications listen to without warrants because that stifles us that chills us that makes us think the watchers are always watching and we don't want to send emails to each other that uh might be considered on pc and and now that this nasties versus deplorables thing is bubbling up to the surface where people are getting super mean to each other through social media i'm afraid that the the whole purpose of that is to uh, is to give material to the deep state on each and every one of us. And that just saying that bums me out. I don't even want to say that because I don't want to chill discussion. I want to overwhelm them. Uh, but I just don't, I, I just don't like how uh, I don't want us to take our eyes off the ball of make sure that the people in office are defending our rights. And that's it. Whether you like the guy or don't like the guy, the left should be doing the same thing. These protesters should be talking about the 10th amendment. They should not be talking about uh, popular vote. They should be talking about the Tenth Amendment, which would be the opposite. You mean that they're they're collecting personality data with, with the deplorables and nasties, right? So they can no. categorize people. No, that that actually is Kellyanne Conway's um, kind of boss or whatever, Svengali, I don't know, Mercer runs that Cambridge Analytica, which does that. That's what they do for elections. They they categorize people psychologically and then they target their ads to those people. I'm talking about Every single tweet you've ever tweeted is uh, in the Library of Congress or being teed up for that. You can get a record of every single tweet you have right now. You can go to Twitter and get it right now. They have, they're building database, data centers, the United States government that can hold any one of them, the one in Utah, which I talked about years ago. It was a big thing in Wired Magazine, can hold all, all information right now. Right. So, you know, and they're, and they're going to have it all and they're going to be able to pull that out at, the, at a keystroke. So if they, you can say whatever you want, like, oh, everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying nasty, racist things. Okay, but if they want to target you and you want to hold office or run a rally right. or whatever, and you, in the heat of the moment, tweeted something or gab AI'd something <laughs> that was hilarious to everybody with your little frog logo, you know, it's it's totally fine. A million people are doing it. But five years from now, if the pendulum swings back, I mean, think of what happened to the Nazis. It's going to be all yeah. over the news, your tweets. Yeah, the, the Nazis were in charge and then when they, when it was all over, they were hanged, you know, because of the things they said that were outrageously offensive. So and the things they did, of course, which were murderous. But uh, I hate to make Nazi references because they're so they're so easy. 
But I don't mean that. I'm just saying I do not like that they're collecting all our data. I do not like it. It is can be used against you politically, and that has been a real concern in this country. Uh, so that's it. I'm going to go to some calls. I am going to Alan. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. I kind of feel sorry for Trump because Obama had so many fanatical, loyal people with him, and he put them in government places. It's going to take him three years to weed them all out. And they're just feeding the media. And what really gets me about the media is Spice will be up there trying to take a question, and the next four reporters will ask the same question four different ways, expecting a different answer. That just drives me nuts. You know, ask the question, get over with it, and then move on. Yes, it's like they, they want their moments in the sun themselves. It becomes about them. Yes, it does. And as I said, one of them is just waiting for him to make one flip where he can make that one big break. I mean, Spicer should say, you guys get one question. There are no follow-up questions. Make sure you you want your one question. Yeah, and then and they actually they're, they do get rude and uh, you're disrespectful and then – Drive, you know, Spicer and Trump both seem to have that, that uh, you get hot under the collar. Of course, there's provocations going both ways, but that becomes the show. And and that's the thing that I worry about is that there are real issues. We, You know, if John Bolton becomes a national security advisor, to me, that's the story. And that's yeah. super scary. I mean, he's just a, a deep stater. But I, but to your original point, Alan, I do I, – I think there is for sure – uh, this element of two sides. I think people very close to the top still become uh, are you know, vehement. Uh, um, you know, I don't want to call them ideologues. They're partisans, vehement partisans. They really care about their side, if only whether they realize it or not, because that's where their bread is buttered. I mean, that's a theme that the side stream media is coming up with. And by side stream media, I mean like one layer below mainstream media, but probably still agenda driven. That the that part of what these guys want, the reason they're egging on Russia is they want a cold war or even a hot war because they're spies. <laughs> That's what they do. So but I worry about somebody like Stephen Feinberg, who's going to be the fox in the hen house. He Trump tapped him to look at the intel stuff. And he's uh, his company owns DynCorp, which is a defense contractor, is an information technology company who gets almost all of its revenue from the federal government, whose interest is going to be squarely to escalate things, to control information or to create problems. I mean, that that's where this is starting to get. That's where I think we should be focused, not distrusting people, but just say, hey, you know, you can't have conflicts like that. It It's just... It tempts. It's too tempting. Let me get to John. John, you are on with Monica. Monica, hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Fine. If we accept the premise that the deep state exists, it must be generational. How does the power transfer? And, I mean, yeah. I understand it would use the most sophisticated technology, but how does the power transfer from one generation to the next? Yeah, that's a good question, and and actually, I've been talking about it a little bit on Twitter lately. There's two elements, I think, to to the answer there. One is, if you look at a quote I read earlier in the show by uh, John James Jones, who was the National Security Advisor under Obama, his first one, he said 
he still gets his marching orders from Kissinger, Scowcroft, Sandy Berger. He was talking about uh, Nixon's national security advisor, Kissinger, and he was still taking orders from him, what is that, 40 years later almost? Mm-hmm. Or exactly. So, so there's that element, and then maybe they pass it on to a younger generation. John Bolton is younger than Kissinger. He's obviously deep in that line of succession. But I even peel it back to uh, a, a, a further back. You look back 100 years to Cecil Rhodes and John D. Rockefeller, who set up these think tanks, these institutions, who set up these networks of academia, of media, of particularly the State Department, which they said, if you control the State Department, you control everything. You don't even have to control the other stuff. So, so what's the original cornerstone? Rockefeller? Uh, say it again. Rockefeller? I don't, you know, then you get into the deepest possible conspiracy theories. I mean, some people go back to the Knights Templar, the Illuminati. But as far as, like, evidence goes, you can look at uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos is Norman Dodd being interviewed uh, by um, G. Edward Griffin, who said he talks about how he was on the Reese Committee trying to figure out if foundations were involved in subversive activity, tax-exempt foundations, and they concluded that they were from the Carnegie Endowment uh, and many others. There's a lot of documentation in the congressional record, I would say, that can go back at least to those guys, at least to World War One. And maybe that's when it started, Colonel House under Woodrow Wilson, if you want to dig into that. But... Um, and and maybe as far as the generational stuff goes, maybe it's really, truly based on families. I mean, David Rockefeller is still the head of, or at least a founder and living, of the Trilateral Commission, which is, is a cornerstone of this. So the deep state, you know, there's plenty of documentation that can lead you there. The real question is, do you know what they're up to? Do you know whose side they're on? Um, are there two sides? That's That's where... It starts to get fuzzy, but I think the fact that they wield power and don't tell us what their goals are uh, or their goals are outside what my goals are to preserve the sovereignty of the citizen and the Bill of Rights, they're outside of that. And 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 I think that they should be scrutinized. I don't want somebody like John Bolton in the uh, in the national security environment, you know, because his loyalty is, is to them. The Council of Foreign Relations is a classic example. Anyway, obviously, I could go on and on about that. <laughs> but we got to wrap it up. So I have Catherine Bernard coming on at 5 o'clock. I'm uh, going to read more tweets after the break at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, today of 61. Tomorrow's high is 71. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And Brett, longtime listener and frequent caller, won the prize pack. So I'm happy for him. I have Catherine Bernard coming up at the top of the hour, but I am going to give my last call uh, to Sherry in Kennesaw. Sherry, I'm going to give you one minute. Give me what you got. Hey, Monica. Hey. I want to know if your interest is financial, political, or personal, because I find all these conflicts in every aspect of my life where people are are competing with one another. Well, I think you're talking about the deep state, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the deep state. Whether you commit or or uh, agree with the special order they have established in their community, I found that in jobs when I need a job real bad. Uh, if you don't suck up to the person they have in power, yes, you lose. Uh, that's, 
That's interesting, Sherry. I actually hate that so much, I cannot tell you. It's probably the source of any failures I have ever had. I cannot teach my kids to be that way, to suck up, to be political, to violate rules. That's what made me so mad about Bolton. He told Judge Napolitano that he did not have to follow his oath to the Constitution when he operated outside the realm of civil law like an international anarchy. He's the classic pragmatist, and I hate that. I believe in principles, whether you're Christian or religious or whatever— the principles, the fundamental principles of right and wrong, to me, are what separate us from the animals. And I want to kind of go down with that ship. But i that's interesting point. I think that is what this represents, a complete absence of principles. And, uh, and you cannot operate in that society and maintain your principles and get ahead. So interesting. Thank you. Can't wait to talk to Catherine Bernard. In the meanwhile, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Chef. Please. Take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturday afternoons. Today I'm on until 5.30. Next week I'm on from 3 to 5.30 on Saturday. And I'm so excited because right now, to in the last half hour of the show, I have, I almost never have guests, but I make an exception for important local libertarian issues. And the best person to tell us about those is my guest, Catherine Bernard. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Monica, I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, it's a pleasure. You, can you just give us a, a sentence or two about who you are and what you're up to? I am an attorney who lives in Brookhaven and practices as a public defender around the state, which lets me see Georgia law in action. That's what I take up to the Capitol to check on the bills and see what's getting passed and what's not. It's so when I watch your videos of how you you're so poised and articulate you know your stuff i mean it's just an amazing combination of qualities and that you use your time and effort and abilities like that to serve us i'm very grateful for that and i really love when you come on to tell us i i wait for this opportunity because i could never keep up on the stuff the way you do and local issues usually don't get that kind of uh, meticulous attention that they need because i really feel like that's Maybe the most important thing is what happens at the state legislature, and that's what you're keeping an eye on. And I wanted you to tell us, uh, I think, would it be okay to start with just you um, spending this time highlighting the most important uh, legislation that's uh, up this season? Can we do that? Absolutely, Monica. One of the things that we should be most concerned about is a new bill that is attempting to legalize no-knock search warrants. A lot of us have heard about those in the case of Katherine Johnston, the woman who was killed in downtown Atlanta by officers breaking into her house on wrong information about a drug search warrant, or Baby Boo Boo up in North Georgia, whose face was blown off by a grenade again during a no-knock raid. These are extremely dangerous practices. We're talking about a case where there's no arrest warrant. There's no evidence that the person has committed a crime. The police are going into a house looking for evidence of a crime. And what a no-knock search warrant does is it says they don't even have to knock and announce that they're the police before they break down somebody's door in the middle of the night. It's really just against common sense. It's a dangerous practice, and it's actually illegal under Georgia law. 
So unfortunately, there have been some efforts to try to legalize that to provide coverage for these officers engaging in these dangerous practices. We stopped it in 2015, but it's back again this year, Monica. Well, this is, to me, what I hate about the no-knock rate is it in it introduces violence into a non-violent situation. And for me, as a libertarian or even just a, a person with common sense, that is the last thing I want my agents in government to do. Well, and it's extremely dangerous. In Georgia, you know, there's a lot of Republicans who are against this. That's how we stopped it back in 2015 by Republicans and Democrats all over the state calling their legislators and saying, absolutely not. But, you know, in Georgia, a lot of people own guns. If somebody enters their home in the yes. middle of the night without announcing themselves, the natural reaction is going to be to shoot back at them. And indeed, that's how a lot of folks have died here in Georgia and in other states. So it really, it's just beyond belief that our legislators would again be trying to legalize this dangerous practice. But SB 94, known as Boo Boo's Law after the victim in that North Georgia raid, is being pushed by Senator Vincent Fort and Senator Kurt Thompson. They're both Democrats, so some people think that means there's not much chance the legislation will make it this year. But we all need to be worried. We all need to be contacting our senators, our representatives, and saying, absolutely not. We don't want this dangerous, unconstitutional practice in our communities. I don't know if you remember this, but last spring I was absolutely horrified. Uh, one story was a guy named Ryan Johnson in Henry County. He was, um, you know, there's a domestic violence call. He ended up getting killed. Uh, it didn't seem necessary. I don't know. But then, like a month later, David Powell, uh, people, the police came to his house in uh, the dead of night, wrong address. He came, he was just investigating, had a gun in his hand, and he was killed. I know it wasn't a no-knock raid that was response to a call, but I just think it demonstrates how uh, people, especially in the woods and stuff, they want to defend their homes. They have guns for that reason. They cannot wait for cops to come if they have a problem. And uh, you just do not want to introduce violence into a nonviolent situation, in my opinion. Well, Georgia already has a law called defense of habitation saying that if somebody enters your home in a violent and tumultuous manner, you're allowed to respond with violence, with force. So it's really just Again, it's beyond belief that our legislators would consider putting this actual no-knock raid into Georgia law. So we don't want that to happen. We stopped it in 2015. Let's stop it again this year. So okay, SB 94, that's one of our action FB94. items. SB 94. Can you just take a quick moment to say uh, if you want to invite people to your events or just to make sure that they know how they can take action now that you've just explained that? What? How can people move forward, keep on top of what you're doing well, they can sign up for my email list, and you can get to that link from my Facebook page. It's Catherine Bernard, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, -E, and you can sign up for my email updates. I let people know about committee hearings that are happening, new taxes, new powers for government, new things that affect your community and your wallet. So please you know, go ahead and sign up for that email update, and I will let you know about events like the one we have coming up on Monday. I'll be speaking to the Georgia Tea Party at the House of Lou, a restaurant on Marietta Square uh, in Marietta. So we'd love to have folks come out. That's at 6.30. And again, that's on the Georgia Tea Party website, georgiateaparty.org. Okay, so that's Monday in Marietta at 6.30. I'll post that on, on my stuff, monicaparezshow.com, my Facebook, and also how to get in touch with you. I just wanted to make sure we got that out, that out there. Uh, while that important law was um, under discussion. Okay, what else you got? 
Well, there's also some issues on the local government front. I live in Brookhaven, one of our newest cities in the metro area, and there always seems to be something in the news where our government wants more power. And this isn't unique around Georgia. Our friends in Cobb County know, with the new stadium, that government is ready to spend your money and often in ways that aren't very transparent to the taxpayer. So that's one reason I'm actually excited about one bill that's coming through this year, and that's SB20. That would provide that whenever there's a vote on a new SPLOST or referendum, basically something where government is getting to spend your money, that that vote would have to take place in November. Because, oh, that's as you know, great. a lot of these votes, you know, they take place in April and May and June, times when people aren't expecting there to be an election, and we see sometimes turnout that's as low as single digits. So oh, my SB20 by Josh McCoon is able to pass the very least we can have those elections in November when everybody's getting to the polls. And one thing I've noticed about those off-date elections is usually if you work for the government, they'll give you the time off or make sure everybody knows about it so that if it's something that's kind of insidery, they'll, they have the advantage. It's, it's really, um, it subverts the, the process of representative government, I think. So that's a great one. It's definitely tough to get turnout up, and I'll take this opportunity to make a plug for the upcoming April 18th election. For anybody who lives in the 6th District, that's North DeKalb County, Brookhaven, Dunwoody, large parts of Fulton County, Sandy Springs, Roswell, Alpharetta, as well as parts of Cobb County. Since Tom Price was appointed to be Health and Human Services Secretary, we now have an open spot to represent us for the 6th District in Congress. There are 19 candidates qualified for the special election on April 18th, so I'm going to be doing my research and finding out which ones are the best on our rights, on our freedoms, and protecting our community. So, But please do keep in mind, April 18th, if you're in the 6th District, go to the polls, cast your vote for our next congressional representative. I would love to hear your recommendation for that. So if you keep me apprised, I will keep the listeners apprised. I'm looking through all 19 candidates with a fine-tooth comb. Yes, I trust you to do that. So um, are there any other bills or laws that you think we should know about right now? bills, I guess. Well, there's some additional gun-grabbing laws that we do need to be worried about. Everyone's talking about campus carry, which of course is a, a very tough subject for a, a lot of people, but the fact is we have campuses in Georgia, across Georgia, where people, you know, people who are of age to carry a handgun would like to be able to carry their weapon and protect themselves. There's also a constitutional carry bill in the hopper this year uh, that would allow individuals in Georgia who, you know, have not been convicted of any felonies to carry a weapon without seeking a permit from their local office. So I urge folks who are concerned about their about their rights, about their right to self-defense, to follow those pieces of legislation very closely. You know, too often this debate gets into a, a matter of, oh, well, you know, won't somebody think of the children? But just in the past week, we've had at least two cases here in Georgia where robberies have been thwarted by people at the store actually shooting back. So we need to be able to deter crime, we need to be able to keep people safe, and we need to have Georgians be able to legally carry a gun for self-defense. Yeah, I think that the facts on that, they, there's a lot of disinformation. If you do some serious research on that, I mean, it's overwhelming, at least in this country, that if people have the total right to self-defense, which is their natural right, they... you. I think it's something like two million crimes are stopped with guns and maybe there are a thousand uh, accidental deaths. You know, it's just overwhelming, but it doesn't get much press. 
Well, exactly. And so, you know, bills like HB 10 that Mary Margaret Oliver from DeKalb County has introduced, you know, they would allow powers for the government to actually, you know, go house to house looking for people's guns. You know, it provides much more expanded powers uh, for people to, you know, who have not turned in rifles that would be illegal under this law. Now, I think the chances of passage are pretty low, but let's keep it that way. Let's stand up for the right to self-defense and safe communities. That's awesome. I really appreciate that you keep us posted on this stuff. I count on you to keep our attention focused on the really important stuff. I feel like uh, that your efforts did thwart those no-knock raids, um, those laws in the past, and I hope you continue to do so because I just feel like that's a super dangerous policy. And uh, and just in closing, anything you know, anything you want, any parting thought you want to give to the listeners? Well, there's some other bills to be worried about, too. You know, the House has just passed a new uh, collection of taxes on Internet purchases for companies that don't have brick-and-mortar stores in Georgia. And it's being sold as, you know, oh, well, this is just fairness for the retailers here in Georgia who, you know, are already paying so much in taxes. But, you know, my message to the Georgia legislature is why are you charging Georgia retailers so much in taxes? <laughs> Let's yeah. truly make ourselves as competitive as possible. And, you know, we've got a Republican-controlled state legislature, a Republican-controlled executive branch. It's time for that limited government conservative political philosophy that we keep hearing so much about. And, I, and I did hear that we just got a record. Our money. We just got a record-breaking budget. I've got to uh, take a break and wrap it up. Catherine, thank you so, so much. I'm going to post your stuff. Please tell me anything you want uh, to communicate to the audience about defending our liberties and uh, promoting good laws and stopping bad laws. Thank you so much for being on, Catherine. Thank you, Monica. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Mix of sun and clouds Monday, high of 75, but that could change. So stay tuned to Weekend Weather, brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I want to thank my special guest, Catherine Bernard, for giving us uh, the heads up on what's going on at the Georgia legislature. I just posted to my Facebook page how to sign up for her emails to keep you posted on what to do, how, when, where. The whole shebang. It's uh, a vital resource. Very grateful to her. And we had a great conversation about Mike Flynn, the deep state, John Bolton, what's really going on up there in D.C. And if you want to hear that as a podcast, uh, once WSB posts it on maybe Monday, I'll put it on propagandareportdaily.com as a podcast. Subscribe to podcasts there and you can get that and lots of other stuff that I uh, produced with my producer Binkley and here on WSB and also for iTunes and YouTube. So next week I'm on Saturday from 3 to 5.30. Until then, this is Monica Perez.